Julian, man, from upstate New York. Um, been following you for a little bit. I've been following your business partner for a little bit too. Uh, uh, Jerry, when I moved here, um, what I didn't tell you is that I'm new to New Jersey as of a year ago. My wife is in the Marines. And uh, so we came out here and we're just trying to figure out how we function out here and all these things. But um, somehow found, found your guys' profiles and, and really liked what you guys were doing and the content you were putting out. So just started following and decided to reach out one day and here we are connecting a little bit. So uh, Julian, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, dude. Tell us a story, how you got to where you are, what you like to do, and, and uh, we'll wrap from there. Absolutely, man. Thank you again for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I'll give you guys the the five-minute version of the story <laughs> rather than the 20 to half hour long version of the story, uh, just to keep it a little short. Um, my name is Julian Lacosto, obviously um, born and raised here in uh, northern New Jersey. Uh, I've always played sports my entire life. I was a multi-sport athlete, um, but basketball was my tried and true love uh, from the get-go. Um, sadly, you know, going into the college ranks, I was blessed enough to be able to continue my athletic career in, in college. Um, but it kind of came to a halt because, uh, you know, I realized that at five five foot ten, you know, I like to say I'm like five foot twelve. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I kind of realized early that my career wasn't going anywhere in basketball, so I decided to call it quits. Um, and you know, I you know I fell in love with the bodybuilding space and got really immersed with uh, continuing to compete at a high level at something. So bodybuilding was something that I gravitated to right away. Um, I grew up next to a really really big uh, bodybuilding style gym and fell in love with training. Um, I was always the smaller kid, so I always got made fun of for being skinny. And so I fell in love with that immediately, loved to compete, um, kind of gave me a fire and also kind of opened my eyes to nutrition and how, you know, food affected the way our body could change, not just from a physique standpoint, but just feeling better and feeling good. Um, so I really just kind of immersed myself with nutrition and training, um, you know, and then, you know, as I got older, uh, got out of college, graduated with a degree in biology from Caldwell University. Um, you know, from there, I was blessed enough to get together with a couple of really great guys over at Performance Physical Therapy. Uh, I had a love for rehab and training, obviously. So I wanted to uh, get myself into a career path that would align myself with those two things that I loved most. Um, I learned under the, those guys for the past five years. I still work there today, um, kind of aiding and assisting over there. And from there, I linked up with my, with my main man over here at uh, Challenger Strength, Jerry DiFilippo. Uh, we both had ties there, and we knew the guys very well. And, you know, they kind of linked us up. And I tell people from, from there on, uh, the story writes itself. I mean, we've been together now for two years, almost three years over at Challenger Strength. Um, Jerry's been running challenger for about four years now. A lot of people in the industry are starting to, uh, become more aware of what he's doing over there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, especially now myself, uh, and for the last two years now, I've also been headlining, uh, challenger strength nutrition over there as well. So that's kind of the short abridged version of how I got to where I am now. And you know, that's the story, bro. That's awesome. I love it. I love it, dude. It's, uh, <laughs> When you talk about basketball, I was kind of the same way with hockey. Where I was very undersized, but I loved what I was doing. Uh, I was just always kind of injury-ridden, and that's kind of what ended my mediocre at best career. 
Um, so I can definitely attest to what that means. When you start looking around, you're like, ah, man, this thing's going to end at some point here. And, uh, <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. But yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, uh, you know, knock on wood, man, I never had any serious, serious injuries. Uh, you know, I never wished those things on anybody, especially because of the fact that I work in, you know, the physical therapy setting. So I never wish any bad injuries on anybody. Uh, it just kind of came down to the point where I was like, you know, being 5'10 is definitely not going to get me to the NBA anymore. So uh, <laughs> I kind of had to get, get, call it quits on that career. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad I did because now I get to do something I absolutely love every day. And that's help the next generation of athletes get to where they want to be. Oh, that's awesome, man. I love hearing that. It's, um, I know following you both, uh, it seems like there's quite a young population um, that you guys work with, which is really awesome because, shoot, dude, like how much of the injury, how much of just discipline, crimes, all, all these, so many aspects of a young man or woman's uh, life can be really fixed by being in a gym or being around good people, whether it's sports or it is, the, you know, fitness industry in the gym, um, which is really cool when you get the opportunity to work and kind of mold the minds of, of the youth athlete. And, and even more so there, you get to talk to them about good movement and why you lift and, you know, all these other things and why you don't need to redline every day. And, um, so that, that's pretty cool. And I think that's kind of where we're headed today to talk about um, understanding youth development and kind of what you guys have going on up there. Because it seems like the program is really, really well written. Um, you know, I want to talk a little about your programming and stuff like that, just kind of where the inspiration comes from. And obviously talk about nutrition for, for these young athletes. Obviously, a lot of stuff goes across the board from the young athlete to the adult. But uh, the reality is, like, if we get it early, then there's probably some good habits that are set in stone. So um, what's the predominant um, – do you guys have a particular sport you usually work with? Is it just kid, uh, you know, young athlete from, from all different arenas? What's that so, so it's actually a pretty, pretty cool setup we have going on over there. So um, obviously if most people uh, follow us, they know that we work with the um, New Jersey Hitmen over in Wayne, New Jersey. And for anybody who knows uh, the Hitmen program, obviously they're a pretty, pretty very well-known program in the hockey world, uh, especially uh, at the junior level. Um, so we work with guys from the ages of, I want to say about 12, 13, all the way up into the NCDC, the high level uh, junior elites. Um, and, you know, for the most part, we work with them. We work with the hockey groups over there. So predominantly, if you see what we do, we work with a lot of hockey guys. Um, but for the most part, we work with athletes of all ages and sports alike. Uh, we don't really discriminate. Um, you know, we, we enjoy the process of building young athletes from the ground up. And, you know, we try to really pride ourselves on – doing our due diligence by these athletes and kind of making sure that they're getting a program that's going to be very well, very well rounded. And we definitely, you know, we definitely want to do things the right way. And we, we take a very good scientific approach to a lot of our programming. I love it, dude. It's, um, it's, it's one of those things that like, you know, you get on the gram at later in the day. And I, I definitely, I try to check out um, your stuff as well as, as uh, Jerry's just because I'm, I'm always kind of enlightened by what you guys post and the material you guys are performing with them. And it's, it's really much appreciated because it, it is, 
makes you think, makes you think about application, makes you appreciate um, the work that goes into programming itself. So many people just think you just throw, you know, shit at the wall and sticks. And like, it's just, it's just not that. Uh, as much of it is a practice, it is very much like a crawl, walk, run setup. And, and we kind of know the direction we have to go. And um, generally that really starts by starting at, at the end goal and saying, all right, how do we get to that from today? Um, so, you know, a lot of people are using the words reverse engineering that right now, but um, it is, it is really fun to watch you guys. Um, you know, every day it's, it's different age group. And I, I really like kind of challenging, taking what you're doing and challenging my own stuff and trying to ask questions about how could I apply this to my athletes um, in, a, in a progressed state and, and um, you know, why that benefits them. But it's, it's really cool. The, the hockey thing is really sweet because I think that although the hockey community is, is really on board with strength conditioning and what it means to have off-ice training, I think it's still a pretty novel idea. Um, and you don't generally see that until, you know, it, it's cute to like see some of the off ice training stuff go on, which, you know, you appreciate just people being moved, you know, in movement. That's great. But yeah, absolutely. Um, to see, to see structure, uh, you always laugh when you see like the, you know, just random coach running off ice cause he's the fit dad and you're like, Oh boy, here mm -hmm. we go. Um, so it is really cool that you're, you're tapping into even a younger market with that because man, uh, obviously as a hockey player, I, under, I understand the demands of the sport, but I feel like most people who watch it are just that they don't get, get the sport at all. Um, in just what it means to be a hockey athlete. So it's really cool. I know you guys do a lot of, um, a lot of slide board stuff. You do a lot of, a lot of like transverse plane stuff, which is, which is really great. Um, how do you guys to come up with some of the programming? Like, do you, do you guys, you know, you take the reverse engineering, do you take it as an individual level? I mean, what's the story over there with that? So I think when it comes down to our main philosophies for programming, especially for youth athletes, you have to look at it from, you got to think of the long-term development rather than uh, the short-term. I feel like a lot of guys, um, they see, you know, especially young coaches, they fall into the trap of wanting to look at what other big name coaches are doing on Instagram. <laughs> and they want to try to take those little tidbits, those little 30 second clips, and they want to try to emulate what they're doing, but they don't know the context behind it. Um, <laughs> so frustrating. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then believe me, I've fallen victim to, to it myself. I mean, listen, I'm still very young in the game right now. Um, I'm only going into my third year in this. So it's like, it's very, uh, for a lot of young coaches out there, it's very challenging to look at it from a bigger view. And, you know, youth training especially should not be about the quick fix. It should be about developing proper motor patterns, uh, skills, and structural integrity in order to kind of form a foundation for long-term development. You know, after all, like, you really wouldn't want to have the strongest and fastest 10-year-old. Like, <laughs> you, you want to be the strongest, fastest, and most powerful 17 or 18-year-old. And, you know, I would rather have my child starting to peak during the latter part of his or her high school years rather than just trying to be the best 10 year old 10 or 12 year old right off the bat because at, at the end of the day that doesn't really matter if you're trying to get to the elite level dude it's it's so frustrating um you know and, and you say oh you you you've fallen t into temptation of using that 30 minute clip everybody has and that's part of the game that's why it's still it's like medicine dude. it's a practice like well 
you know, when I grew up playing hockey or even when I started coaching hockey, it was a lot of like, well, you should be watching other coaches practice and stealing their drills. Like, if you're not stealing their drills, then like, what are you really doing? But it's not just stealing a drill. It's saying, well, I like this drill and how do I apply it to my team? And what could we work on through that? So there is a level of like, oh, you take all these things minus like, you know, jumping 30 feet in the air off a BOSU ball. Um, there are plenty of things that you say, well, this, this might challenge a position that we're looking to get into. You know, uh, the people that I work through, it, our whole thing is like we, we teach movement, not movements. So, you know, like we, we want to teach us fluidity of like, why do we lunge? Why do we squat? Why do we do all these things to transfer, right? It's, it's all about skill transfer rather than like being the weight room warrior or like you said, you know, having the, the fastest, biggest, strongest, fastest 11-year-old. And it's one of the more frustrating conversations I have with parents. And sometimes it is you have to, you know, kind of stick your stake in the ground of being like, listen, you, this guy over here might be getting those kids very, very strong, very, very quickly. But there is application that is not being applied there in terms of they're not even learning how to land, which is an injury, you know, prevention as much as a buzzword, you know, potential injury reduction, but it's a safer way of doing things. Uh, We're teaching them to reduce and produce force. Uh, There's all, there's so many things. And like you said, context, context matters. So you can't, you can always just throw stuff and see. And and if you are smart enough to ask deep questions about it, you can figure out why you did something or why it worked or didn't work. But uh, man, there is nothing more infuriating than the parent comes in five weeks later and goes, why aren't they stronger? You're like, Oh my gosh. Well, we're still learning the walk right now. So, uh, exactly. you know, this is not about, you know, I try to tell the young athletes, you're a ninth grader, 10th grader. I said, I don't really care if you start this year or not. I said, I know you want to, and I would love for you to, but what's more important is that when you come around the senior year, you're, you're bigger, faster, stronger, and healthier. And you actually have the ability to transfer your skill onto the field, the ice, the pitch, whatever it might be. And then we can start having the conversation because whether you get recruited at 10th grade or 12th grade doesn't really make a difference. The fact is yeah. you're trying to go to the same place and let's do this in the most uh, um, positive way possible so that there's longevity. But I also try to take it from a general health pop, like a uh, situation like sports run out, your sport will end at some point competitively. And we want you to have good habits as to understanding movement, your body, and just what it means to be healthy as an adult, you know? So it is, yeah, um, it is a really difficult thing to have, but I can appreciate, you know, what you guys are doing and um, trying to create youth development leads to adult habit, you know? Like, that's absolutely. Just, that's no, just- and I think, you know, a lot, like you said, a, a, lot, it's, a lot of it is on the parents, especially because, you know, you have, you have your guys that you, you have, especially, you know, I'm, I mean, me and Jerry have actually dealt with a lot of this. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to name names, not going to put anything specific out there. But, you know, a lot of uh, parents want their kids to almost become this elite level athlete overnight. Wow. They don't realize that, you know, before a child reaches puberty, their nervous system, their spinal cord is literally like clay. And, you know, that could be molded during those early years. And, you know, this is a great time now, especially if you're young, to develop that basic level stuff like your balance, your coordination, kinesthetic awareness. You know, these are traits that are much more difficult to train during the later stages of life and development. So when your nervous system is fully developed, it's it's super hard to do all these little basic level things. And I don't think parents understand the the smaller details that go into youth development and all the small things that we're trying to do with a lot of their kids. But I think 
you know, over time, you know, especially the way we do it, we kind of, you know, as coaches, we have to have this little give and take battle with, with, with uh, kids and, and their parents, we have to, you know, make them happy. But at the same time, we have to do it in a way that fits our model and our understanding for the way we should be doing things. hundred percent, man. It's, um, I was, I was pretty transparent with everybody. I go, listen, if there's something you hate that I'm doing with your, you know, as the athlete or with your son or daughter, you can tell me, and I, if I have a reason that like, if I really want to, you know, refute it, I will explain why I'm doing this, that, or the other, but also it is my job to give you what you want and also get what I need out of it. So it's like, listen, the athlete says like, I hate doing this. And I'm just, you know, a squat pattern, easy example. You're like, I hate to borrow my back. And you're like, well, sometimes we just have to do what we have to do. That's, that's part of being an athlete. It's part of being an adult. But also, if I don't, and I'm not in the mood of like really hearing a complaint or we don't want to have a conversation, we're not making the headway there. Okay, let's try to find a different variation that gives me the result that I'm looking for and you get to smile doing it. Great. You know, like you do have to pick and choose the battles, but and, and usually with the kids, it's way easier. You, you know, you can have that conversation of how do we grow mentally as well as physically and emotionally in there, but um, without having to just bash the head against the wall and like, okay, we can concede here and we'll move this here and be fine. But the parents, man, and I get it. There's, there's a, there's a financial investment in there, but a lot of times I don't think it's even about the finances. It, it is really about like them trying to live vicariously through it. And, and really like, Oh, oh man, my kid's going to be an all-star. And like, hold up a second there, Bobby, you know, like <laughs> just take a shift off here for a second. But your kid's still like 13, 14 years old. He hasn't even gotten into high school yet. Like don't even, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a, uh, I, I was training a young kid back home in Michigan and give us a good athlete. You know, he's, he's, he's playing in some junior leagues right now and um, very, very successful young athlete. But his dad came in one day and he was like, yeah, his, his forearms are not big enough. And, he, and I was like looking at him like, Dude, your kid's 12 or 13 years old. Like you now. mean you want your kid at 12, 13 years old to look like a professional bodybuilder? Like, well, was thing. He, go, he goes, Rhett Hall's forearms, they were, they were huge. I go, hold on <laughs> a second. You're going to compare your 12 or 13-year-old to one of the greatest American hockey players ever who's in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> I let me remind you, was a grown man? Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, just, let's pump the brakes here for a second and get a little perspective here. Like, Over the next five or six years, he will turn into the young man that he needs to become. And we will direct him and we will guide him. But we're also not going to just, you know, slop on extra you know, meat just to slop it on there. Like, we, we got to do this the right way. So um, those, those conversations are the most beneficial for a lot of reasons. But they are the, also the most difficult to have because you're just like, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, don't get, like I've, I like I told you, man, I mean, I've had this I've had conversations like these with some parents and, you know, especially from a nutritional standpoint, you know, people look at me even if from the nutritional standpoint and they're like, you know, why doesn't my kid look like why isn't my kid have 10 to 15 pounds of muscle in the next two months? And why doesn't he also have shredded abs? Like it, it's one of those things where, you know, people need to realize it's a process and there are ways of going about things in a in a healthier and <laughs> and more beneficial way than doing things just to you know i guess pass the eye test um and it's it's just a crazy process to have to deal with but sadly uh, and you know even back to the training example like kind of how you were alluding to with your examples you know i'll take uh, i'll take a, two new brothers that i just started training uh recently um, they're a big family. 
I train a lot of their older brothers and the two younger ones, I believe they're like 10 and 11. Um, they just came in and they can't even squat correctly. And they see oh, their not. brothers, <laughs> bro. They see their brothers coming in and their oldest, their old, eldest brother is doing at the time in the gym when they came in for their first session, their brother was squatting front squatting. He's a hockey player, high, a pretty high level hockey player. Uh, he's squatting like two ten for, for like three reps, clean reps. And the kid comes over to me and is like, so when am I going to be able to do that? And I'm like, bro, you can't even squat correctly. Like when you can convince me that you can sit down to shit properly. It's safe. <laughs> That's when. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, and then they, they give me the looks like the board looks because I have them doing like wall squats to help them with their technique. And it's like, dude, they like, don't even know how you're helping them right now. They don't, they don't. But then once they start to see the, the gradual progress, like then after like, I think like maybe like the after a couple sets of wall squats and I got them getting good technique, I, you know, I, I made them happy a little bit. I threw, threw a little dumbbell in their hand, made them do a little goblet squat action. <laughs> they felt a little bit happier after that. So, <laughs> you know, there's, there's levels to this. <laughs> I'm sure, man. Uh, I'm sure I want to dive into the nutrition talk, but it's, it, it's one of my favorite things to listen to um, Zach Evanash talk about because he's always just like, dude, you know, we'll give them what they want. You know, we're going to make them carry some heavy stuff. We're going to make them do tons of push-ups and all, you know, all this crap. And he's like, but it's not anything crazy. We're just making you move heavy shit all over a different place. But even yeah. with nutrition, he's like, you know, these kids, specifically the boys where, you know, they start growing into men and, and start going through the change. You're like, just start loading up on eggs, some beef, get a bunch of water, get plenty of sleep, and you'll be good. You, you don't have to overthink this thing to be really successful. In 80% of the way is like, most people don't even have the effort or energy or the consistency to get that far. So you're like, if you just get your sleep, you come in, work really hard for an hour, you do heavy stuff, you know, push-ups really well, your squats really well, in two or three years, you will be in the 80 or 90, you know, 80 or 90th percentile just because you do, do the basics at an exceptionally high level. Absolutely. And you I know, think it's so that it speaks volumes to do the foundational basic level stuff. Nobody likes to do it because it's boring, but you know what happens? It's you build habits. And then what happens is it, if you can change one bad habit and you can build onto one or two new good ones, you know, the results speak for themselves. I mean, so far, I mean, I, I like to use my one, my one athlete, my one nutrition athlete who's been with me the longest so far. I've had him for over a year and a half now. And, you know, over the first year, just from doing the basics, just from slowly building new habits, the kid put on four, like nearly 40 pounds. And like, it's, you know, it's, that was over, over a year's worth of work. Right. Like it didn't happen overnight. And I think kids are like, well, can I gain like five, 10 pounds in like three weeks? And I'm like, no, like, it's not like, it's not healthy to do that. Like, right. I mean, we can like, don't get me wrong. There's, there's ways that we could do that. I can have you go to the McDonald's, McDonald's drive through like a couple times a day. Like, but yeah. is that going to make you a better athlete? Is that like, at the end of the day, like, I think from a young athlete's perspective, when, when thinking about nutrition, you have to think again, like I was talking to you about before, like you got to think of the long-term goal. Like what, what are you doing this for? Like I ask kids all the time when they come and they work with me with nutrition, especially the athletes, I ask them all the time. I'm like, what is your goal? Like, what is your long-term goal? And at the end of the day, they all want the same thing. They all want to go to play either division one hockey, 
Division One, whatever their sport is, or they want to play at the professional level. And it's like very, very few get to that level. But if you do the right things, you know, we get a little bit steps closer. Yeah. And just playing the, you got to play the averages there. Yep. Got to play the long game, man. Yeah, dude. It's, um, it is just, I don't know. It is truly fascinating to watch. You know, I'm thinking about it. Uh, have you ever connected with um, Dev McConnell? He's the, the devil's um, performance coach. So I personally have never um, actually spoken to him, but my business partner and we, again, the hitmen are very well connected over here in, in Wayne. Um, the, um, the head coach of the NCDC team, the junior elite level team, um, they, he actually has a very good connection with the former Devils coach, um, Hines. He, he's actually like very good friends with him and we've been pretty, pretty well connected in terms of meeting a couple of Devils guys. Um, I think my business partner has talked into McConnell a couple of times. Um, I myself haven't. I was say, yeah, I, uh, Devin and I, we podcasted probably at the beginning of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. Super cool dude. He's super available too. So I was, I was going to say, I'll just link you guys up way up there, but um, told him at some point I'm going to come up there and visit, but now I got a couple of places. I gotta stop. <laughs> I'm going to make a weekend away, but um, that's cool, man. Uh, as far as is nutrition, um, what's your process look like with the youth? Obviously we're talking about basics, but uh, you know, there's a lot of opinions out there about, uh, you know, creating long-term habits, you know, it's mm-hmm. overall health. Um, but I have heard a lot of mixed reviews and I have my opinions on this, but having youth count macros and in, in the measurement side of things, where are you at on that one? So I'm obviously a huge macro guy. Um, I think obviously from a scientific standpoint, all the, you know, the research points to the fact that macros are the, you know, there's obviously not a quote unquote optimal way of doing things. You know, there's so many different ways that you could go about nutrition. Um, so it makes it so I, cool. That it makes it so cool. It's so exactly. Easy. It's, it's like there's there's multiple ways to skin a cat. Yeah. Um, but you know, when it comes down to the youth level, I've noticed uh, as much as I love macros, you I don't think it's much of a thing that you can do right off the bat with. 10, 11, 12 year old kids, you know, because at the end of the day, they look at those things and they're like, I think this is like homework. Like they look at me and they're like, you're giving me homework to do for nutrition. And you know, I've listen, I've gone through trial and error. Like there are some kids that you can give macros to and they'll run away with it and do wonders with it. But there are some kids where you have to go down to the very, very basic level and you have to say, let's just start with getting at least three meals a day and make sure you have a good level of protein, some carbohydrates, and some vegetables in your meal. Um, you know, sometimes it's just as easy as that and starting at that basic level. Because when I look at youth level nutrition, a lot of these kids, there's two big things that they, that they don't really know. One, they don't know how much they're taking in. And two, they have no idea what hunger cues are. And in all fairness, most adults don't either. I'm <laughs> yeah, no, most people in general don't know what that is, especially in America. Yeah, I just keep eating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's crazy. You know, um, I had this conversation with, with my business partner, Jerry, um, actually on his podcast. Um, and, you know, a lot of kids 
don't understand the concept of knowing how much they need to eat in order to get to their goal. So for me, that's why I'm so big on macros because a lot of these kids don't understand how much they're eating in a single day. And then they come to me and they're like, they're, they're like, but Julian, like I'm like, I'm a hundred and I'm 110 pounds. I want to get to 150 pounds. Like, but I'm eating so much. And I'm like, but do you actually know how much you're eating? Like, can you tell me how many calories? Can you tell me how much protein, carbs, fat you're consuming in a single day? Like, can you tell me those things? And you know, a vast majority of the people out there, they just don't know how much they're really eating. And once they do, a lot of them get that wake up call seeing that they're taking in either way too much or they're taking in a little too, like way under the amount that they should be eating. And then they wonder why their weight kind of flip flops or that they're not seeing the results in the weight room or they feel like shit on the ice. Like (laughs) it's recovery matters. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, man. And you know, it's just a, it's a big problem out there. And I think also the biggest issue and you know, this obviously this is falling outside of those two, but I feel like people, kids also have a very negative relationship with food as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of you, you have to take it from, like I said, you have to form different habits. Um, And from there you can build on it. But for me, uh, I, and I know I've, I've actually like seen a couple of posts that you've posted. I know that you're a big macro person too, from a, from a, from that perspective as well. Um, but I, I firmly believe that, you know, obviously people vary and their learning styles vary. So you have to be able to adapt to the kid. Um, but I'm, I'm very big on, on macros. I really do think it helps in terms of having these kids know how much they're supposed to be eating in terms of their goal. It's just whether or not that specific individual is willing to do that kind of work or if you have to go down to a basic level and just start from scratch. It's, it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm a macro guy to an extent, you know, like, uh, yeah, we're, we're, I think when people are like, well, it's a calories in calories out conversation. I'm like, I, I agree, but that's not enough to just say that, you know, because like, what protein does and why fat does that, you know, like there are reasons that, those ca- the type of makeup of the calorie really does make a difference. Different things are happening. You talk about like protein, intake of protein, generally it's going to change the, the temperature of the body and it's going to heat you up and you're going to burn more here and there. And like, there's a lot going on with so much there. Uh, so it's, it's like, yeah, I'm a macros guy because you know, that's as much as I've really had my own negative relationship with food and it's something I continue to work on. And I want to jump back to that with, with youth and negative relationship, but macros matter but so do behaviors and like you said you've got to meet the people where they are and then try and help them navigate those waters and one of my favorite things about nutrition whether it's old or young is that it is kind of um a portal like a portal entry like an entry into the mind of what that relationship with food is and what else is going on in life you know what an easy way to get to know a young kid and what they may be dealing with in life like why are you eating this like, well, after school, I come home and, and that's when I'm most, you know, no one's home and I'm scared. And you're like, so you eat ice cream. You're like, yeah. Yep. You're like, okay, you got comfort. Now let's dive into what the reason you're eating ice cream is. I'm not even mad at you for eating. I'm actually happy you're eating that because that just gave us an op- opportunity to have a conversation about, well, what are you scared of? You know, what's, what's really making you tick right now? Because now we can start to get into habits. And if they're 
those habits are functioning or those behaviors are functioning in nutrition, we know they're showing up other places, whether it be in performance, it be relationships, it be in schoolwork, whatever it may be. And like, this is the younger you can teach that basic, like here's the relationship, but here's also your relationship with self is, is really, really important. Um, you know, where you said negative relationship with food, uh, particularly to the youth athlete, where do you think that kind of stems from? Have you thought about that? I'm really going to be honest with you. I, I really do don't have a pinpoint answer for it because I feel like, like I said, it, de- it depends on the person. Um, I could say from, if I, if I could give one example, it's like uh, one of the younger athletes that I just started working with. Um, he's had weight issues majority of his life. And in terms of, especially with a lot of the other kids that he works with, you know, he's definitely not, he, he, he has lack of confidence because of his weight. Sure. Um, and a lot of that causes him to, like you said, have those habits of wanting to eat when he gets upset, you know, and I, I firmly believe that people start to have a negative mindset about food, especially when it comes to quote unquote, and I don't even like using this word. So I hate that I'm about to say it, but <laughs> dieting, yeah. I hate the fact that, you know, kids hear that word and right away their brain just automatically thinks, wow, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen to me. Why do I have to do this? Mm-hmm. And I think people need to start changing the way they view nutrition in general. Um, where that comes from, I have zero clue. Um, I, I, I'm still trying to figure it out as we speak. Um, but I think from a long-term perspective, we, ha- we as coaches, if we're working with young athletes, we have to kind of change their mindset on how they view that word, on how they view diet or nutrition. Um, we need to make sure we do a good job at ensuring that these athletes are seeing the long-term benefits of taking care of their bodies rather than what it could, what it possibly means or why they have this negative connotation that, that is uh, kind of associated with this word. Yeah. It's um, I don't, I don't think there is a pinpoint answer. You know, I, I part of the reason I ask is I'm, I'm actually, even at 31, man, I'm, I'm really working on my relationship with nutrition and, and, you know, how I fuel myself and how I, I navigate my relationship with it in general. Um, you know, even as a young kid, I, I think, you know, I was just talking to my mom, we were back home in Michigan this last weekend. And, um, you know, we were just talking about examples of food and where, you know, at nighttime, we would sit down as a family with a bowl of ice cream and watch TV. And so now, you know, my wife's always like, why do you eat ice cream late at night? And I'm like, it was a comfort thing. You know, it was, this is how we wind the day down. It was, it was behavioral, it was patterned, it was comfort, it was emotional, it was all these things. So, um, man, I, I think that, you know, people always a lot of people will say you are the product of your environment, but we don't really pay attention to how serious that is at times. And, and it doesn't just mean like, Oh, you're going to be better because of the people you hang out with. You're also a product of just what's happening and the experiences you're having. And, and you latch onto one thing and all of a sudden it is a thing that sticks with you. And so it's, I don't think there's a pinpoint. It's just always fascinating that we're lucky enough as even strength conditioning coaches. That's why we know so much about our athletes. You know, yeah, spend the most time with them and it's the most intimate time with the athlete compared to any other coach generally. And 
you know, the old, the old joke is that you wear the hat of an, a therapist and really you do because part of your performance is about how do we get you mentally feeling good about yourself or good enough that you can take the risk of, of having failure. You take the risk of having success and who you have to be to become that. And, um, so it is, it is a really fortunate experience, albeit sometimes it, it can get you down. It can get you frustrated. And, um, you know, it's never great to see a young, young athlete or anybody really for that matter, struggling with something you have to do and that's eat. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so there's, there's pattern reinforcement by something you cannot do. You cannot go without eating. And so there's just all these opportunities to fall in these bad designs, but at the same time, the flip, flip side of that coin is that we get to have a lot of opportunities to right the ship and make you feel better and, and allow you to understand yourself at a, at a very deep level. So uh, that, that's really cool, man. I, it's, um, I, I just had a client recently I still work with and we were talking about, you know, his food and recovery and all these things, playing two sports and working out and all these things and talk about sleep and the nutrition. And over a couple of weeks, I was like, how's this going? How's that going? Finally, I said, do you know what I'm talking about right now? He's like, well, I don't know, you know like, what that means. And he didn't know what macros were. Yeah. And so for two weeks, you know, shame on me because I just assumed I trust, I mean, I trusted that he knew what he was talking about. He said he did, but also it was like, shame on me for not asking better questions to understand that. So, uh, you know, we started breaking down, here's what protein is. Here's what it means. Here's what it does. And here's what carbs, fat, and you know, go down that whole thing. And he was like, Oh, Okay. And I was like, so when we talk about having, you know, this kind of meal or this in our meal, this is why we're doing it. And it, it was like a, a switch had been flipped and he was like, Oh, okay. And so sometimes it doesn't matter about the macro as much as it matters about here's, here's what these things are and here's how you should just, just eat. Just yeah, fun. absolutely. A, meat a lot of the times, plate. a lot of these anxieties and fears that they generate in their heads about food is really just because they don't have the lack, they lack the knowledge. They don't know right. what it is. Yeah. They don't know why they're, they don't know why, oh, why do I need to eat carbs? Like everybody keeps telling me that carbs are bad for me. They're going to make me fat. They're going to make me slow on the ice. Like, uh, you, you have no idea how many times I've heard that from a lot of the hockey guys that I do nutrition for. And it's like, but then do you actually feel good when you're on the ice? Like, yeah. like when you actually go out there to perform, like, are you at a hundred percent and nine times out of 10, they'll all tell me no. Right. So, and then the minute well, you actually get them, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The minute you go and you inform them about the fact that, you know, you need carbs for fuel. You know, I like to tell them all the time. I'm like, our bodies are, are prime sports performance vehicles. You know, our, our, our bodies are like Ferraris. Like if we go ahead and we go, we go into the gas station and we say, oh, I'm okay with using regular gas today. Like you're not going to prefer, like, yeah, you can run, like the car's going to go, but it's not going to be going and revving at a hundred percent. Right. You, we need that premium high powered octane in our, in our system. So that's why, you know, I tell kids all the time that our carbs are our fuel and we can't run without our fuel. So I, I think, you know, just again, like you were kind of alluding to, I think just educating kids on the importance of, you know, the difference in what these macros are and what they, what effects they have on our body and why we need them for performance and especially recovery. I feel like that's another thing that kids don't understand is the concept of recovery. Um, especially at a youth level, they all want to go, go, go. Like, what can I do to get better? What can I do to get better? But nine times out of 10, a lot of it is just, 
working on your recovery aspect, like making sure you're eating to recover from the, the, the activities that you just did throughout the week. I mean, we have the, like I said, we work with a lot of the Hitman program and these guys are going like balls to the wall every day of the week. Like I, I, I shit you not. I see a lot of these kids, especially the older kids, they'll come in every single day, Monday through Saturday. And then, you know, they'll work their tails off all week. Uh, They'll practice like four to five times a week. They'll come in the weight room four, three to four times a week with the teams. Uh, Some of them go individual workouts with me and me and Jerry. And then I'll find out they're going off to a tournament and they're playing five or six games in a weekend. Like, (laughs) But they're not working on their recovery. They're not working on sleep because a lot of these kids are up all night playing video games with their friends. <laughs> and then they come to me oh, and they're like, dude, I'm so sore. I'm like so beat up. And I'm like, well, did you sleep last night? Did you have a good meal today before you came in to work out? Like, uh, it's just, it baffles me. But it's, again, it all comes back to the lack of education and just getting these kids to understand the the minute details of what this thing called nutrition is actually going to do for them in the long run. Yeah, dude, it's, um, you, 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 uh, admire their will and their want to work their balls off, you know, to just go through walls and be like, I'll do anything I can to be successful. And you're like, yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. But what I'm telling you is that when you train hard, you need to recover just as hard, if not harder. And that yes. takes into account your water intake. That takes into account your nutritional intake. That takes into account more than anything, your sleep. And I'm going through that right now where it's like, dude, I would love for you all to pay me. And so I can continue to eat steak every night. But I also would be doing you a disservice by saying, come in at five o'clock in the morning, knowing that you've got a half day of virtual school right now, at least. And then mm-hmm. you're going to go to three hours of football practice after. And some of you play basketball and then some of you play soccer. Nope. You're not coming in at five o'clock tomorrow because to me, I'd rather you sleep for that last hour. Let that natural testosterone and that natural steroid go through your body and watch you grow there. Big train on the weekend. We can work on some things, but you're going to play football. You're getting bigger, faster, stronger just by competing, pushing other guys around. All these things are going to happen and it will be just fine. That's why we have an off season. We'll take care of that. And if we can find a different time of the day where it's not going to jeopardize your sleep, we can come in and work on things. But don't think that we're going to try and red li- you know, redline this whole thing, but we're going one RM back squatting, which got my whole theory on that one to begin with. But like, <laughs> it's just this whole conversation of, guys, it's not always more is more. And I admire you for that work ethic, but we need to kind of take some of the energy and pop it into a different uh, lane so that way we can get the benefits on both ends. And quite frankly, man, if you're not sleeping, I don't even want to see you in the gym. I don't want it. You're too young. That's how injuries happen. It's how you burn out. And quite frankly, it's just how you're not going to grow. You know, Absolutely. it's just, it's not worthy. You talk about injury, rising injuries. Oh my God. Head injuries, ACL injuries. Don't go to sleep. Let me see what happens. You know, like mm-hmm. this thing, this thing is, it's like, it's magical elixir. Everybody's like, oh, I wish I had a magical pill. And you're like, we do. Close your eyes, get off your phone, turn off the computer, stop talking to your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it is, and go to bed. Give me eight to nine hours. That's yep. it. It's and not you know, that hard. Life will change, you know? And like, it's, it comes back to everything else. Basic, it does not mean easy. It just doesn't. And I it's say all these things knowing that I try and rabbit hole or, you know, just I try and hack everything so that I can get everything I need in there. And like, finally, you look at yourself and go, 
okay, well, put the phone down. It's 8.30 at night. I'm going to just go to bed tonight, and I'm going to see how I feel tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock in the morning and just see what happens. And I'm, magically, I'm like, oh, I feel way better today. Yeah. Well, weird how that works. Uh, fascinating. You know, and it's, it's crazy because, you know, stemming off of that, like kids, like you said, kids would rather work their tails off and not do the basic stuff to get better, like going to sleep, drinking enough water, drink, eating the foods they need to eat, uh, stretching, mobility work. Like they would rather not do any of that stuff because it's tedious. It's like, like I told you with the with how I approach nutrition, they almost view it like homework. They don't want to do it because it's something that requires them to do the small things. Yeah. And sadly, within the nutrition industry, we have this competing enemy with the supplement industry is beating down these young kids throats saying you need to be taking this pre-workout supplement, which has like 500 to 700 milligrams of caffeine in it so that you can't even feel your face after you take it. You, you know, take this supplement, take that supplement, but you know, the best supplements for you as an athlete is doing all of these small tedious things <laughs> like getting eight to nine hours of sleep, drinking enough water. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy that kids would rather take a pill or a supplement that without these basic level things won't even do much for them anyway. It's just masking a lot of these very, very like basic level issues that they have. And in the long run, then they wonder why they didn't get the results in the first place. Well, I took this supplement because, you know, the big jack dude from the gym told me to take it and I'm not getting any better. And that's it's like, he's got a needle going in his butt cheek too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what, that's, that's what I got to tell them. Listen, 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 my man, coming from the bodybuilding industry, like I got out of it for that reason. Yeah. So like, it, it's like, uh, I love the pill theory, right? Where I always say like, wow, if we could give it, everybody wants a skinny pill, but even if you had it, people would forget to take it. But if you had these young athletes, you know, listen, I got something that's 99% sure. And if you do all of this perfect, you eat well, you sleep well, you come in and you train one hour a day, four day, four to five days a week, and you just train your ass off for that hour. And we get everything else outside of this perfectly right. I'm going to say 99% of the chance you have at going to the highest level possible you could ever imagine. And then go, yeah, but that's great. But what about this pre-workout? You're like, ah, okay, let's, I got to figure out another way to tell you this. I'm okay, you know, I'm okay with trying to relate to the kids, you know, like having these energy drinks out, you're having a big day or whatever. I get it. But at the same time, like I got a problem with it just because it feels like we're undoing all of the work to educate. You know, if you want to introduce a small cup of coffee before a workout and it's earlier in the morning, Okay. I'm not going to hate you on that one. There's not a lot there, but also all of my answers come with, does this affect your sleep? That's how I feel about eating at night. Listen, I don't mm -hmm. care about you eating right before bed. Did it affect your sleep? Do you wake up? Does it make you go to the bathroom in the middle of the night? Do you feel like you can't fall asleep? Do you wake up early? Whatever it is, then no, don't do it. You know, find out what time you can eat so that your sleep is not, uh, you know, deprived or whatever it might be. We don't want to jeopardize that thing. Um, but man, you could have the magical elixir and <laughs> I'm guilty still, of it too. Or I still look for the hacker. I'm like, you're telling me I can make a million dollars doing this. What if I did it this way? And you're like, oh my God, just do it. The template's right there. Just do it. Exactly. You know? it's, but, it's, uh, it's more just <laughs> getting them to understand. Again, it's all based on us 
educating these kids, having them understand why they need to be doing them. And then once they understand that, they a lot of them do respond in a positive way. I will give them credit to where they where they deserve. You know, a lot of kids will will respond in that way, but we as professionals have to do a better job at educating and that's something that we obviously continue to do every single day. And I, I, you know, that's what, that's what makes me want excited to go to work every day. It's like, you know, I, I just know that I'm making an impact somewhere, even though it's very, very small, I'm making an impact that's going to lead to bigger and better things down the road for them. Which is so cool. It's so cool, man. Um, and you're, you're totally right. We got to continue to grow as, as coaches and that is our job. And uh, it is cool to watch that light turn on or the, you know, the chain catch the gear when they're like, Oh, and you're like, Oh boy, this is a freight train on the run, man. Like this is good stuff. And it, 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 it's fun when the job is to pull the reins back a little bit where you're like, all right, hold on. Um, but there, there's a lot of reward in it specifically with the, the young athletes. Uh, man, sometimes just like, can the parents stay out of this? Cause I feel like they're part of the, the instant gratification issue too, where it's like, Oh, my son, this, my daughter, that, and it, just chill out, man. It'll be all right. Um, last thing on nutrition, we're, <laughs> how do you feel about the vegan vegetarian stuff? Oh gosh. <laughs> um, I, I have a very big, um, I have a very big opinion on vegan and vegetarianism, especially for my athletes. Um, I think a lot of people fall victim, especially younger kids, um, they fall victim to seeing the Netflix documentaries. They see they see all of these professional athletes that are going vegan. Um, but all signs point to the fact that as an elite level athlete, vegan and vegetarian diets are not going to fulfill the basic nu- nutrient needs that you need in order to success on to have success on and off the field or, or ice, wherever the case may be. Um, you could take, you could take Cam Newton, for example, they say when he went for his vegan diet that, you know, he had one of the most injury plagued seasons that season, the minute he switched back to a carnivore based or, or protein based diet, he actually started performing better. He actually started to do better on the field. There's just so um, much going on in there. I, I dude, I, I totally agree with you. I'm always fascinated. I'm always waiting. Like when I do ask people that I'm always waiting for the one person to go, yeah, I, don't know, I, I agree with it. I'm like, Oh boy. Uh, do I, uh, do I end like, the recording now or do I just I dive into this thing? But uh, you we always can't, say, you can't get back. enough nutrients from that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I tell people all the time, you can get the same benefits of a vegan diet, by just having meat with a little bit of veggies at, on the side, you yeah. can get the same benefits. Like the problem is, is when people try to take all of this anecdotal evidence and cherry picked little, little stuff here and there and form it into a documentary and then make people think that eating meat is bad. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's like in the, um, what the hell is it? Game Changers? That was, yeah, I think yep. that's what called. Where you got the, the quote unquote strongman who mm-hmm. like actually never really competed where he's like, have you ever seen an ox eat meat? And you're like, dude, get the hell out of here. Are you serious <laughs> right now? Now we're going to dive into the anatomy of a different animal where they got double barreled stomachs. They actually yep. digest it. You're like, get out of here. You, oh, God. No, it's the worst, it's man. I, yeah. And then especially it's very big now in the basketball industry too. A lot of basketball players are falling victim to going vegan or going to this game changers type mindset where they believe that 
you know, and it's, it's kind of a stigma because in basketball, a lot of guys, especially a lot of like sports performance coaches are saying, you know, they're giving them the quote, Oh, fat, don't fly. Like, and you know, obviously a basketball player needs to be able to fly. Um, like, listen, I'm all on board with making sure athletes are lean and, and making sure that they have enough lean body bass on them. But there comes a point where there's a, there's the, the risk far outweighs the reward and you, you're not getting the, the enough protein from, from veggies. I'm sorry. It's just not possible. You can eat all the tofu in the world. It's not going to give you the same amount of protein as my ribeye steak. I'm just letting you know that. Dude, ribeye is set up nutritionally. Just, you just eat that. You'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anything after that is just goodies on top, man. It's a, we always say flesh builds flesh. And, and I, I, I mean, I'll work with anybody, but I always tell people like, it's okay if you're vegan vegetarian, but just know that I'm going to work my ass off to try and educate you on why it would be better for everybody, including the world. You know, everybody's into the environmental, great environmental. Let's talk about yep. that and how it really isn't actually better to have all of these vegetables in, in the harvesting, the agricultural side of things. Like we're not talking about the same stuff anymore. Yeah. But we, we just go simply by flesh builds flesh, eat it. Just eat yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You I know. tell people to keep the activism on the side. This is this is all about your health here, man. Like <laughs> the virtue signaling and stuff, man. It's uh it's alive and well right now for sure. <laughs> I will not I will not shed a tear as I take a bite of my steak. It's, no. it's okay. <laughs> not unless it's tears of joy. I finally I've cooked it perfectly. This is great. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I was joking, we went away from Michigan and the guy down the street, he watched the uh, we have a cat and, and he watched the cat while we were away. And uh, he won't take money. So I was like, he's a big power lifter, dude. And I was like, hey, I got you. So I bought him two tomahawks. <laughs> and I just, I was joking. I was like, I'm just going to keep trying to knock down the health of this planet by giving people steaks and paying back. That's it. You know, there you I'm go. Diligence. Hey, now. I would take that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what he said. He's like, honestly, dude, call me anytime you need me to watch this thing because I, I love having you in my back pocket and I get steaks now. So this is great. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's a win win for both. Yeah, yeah, we're helping the world get bigger, better, and stronger, and healthier, and uh, the cat's taken care of. So it's all good. But, um, well, dude, anything else you want to wrap about? No, man. I mean, I know you wanted to wrap a little bit about sports specific stuff. Um, I mean, my little two cents on that is, you know, obviously it's a big important factor in obviously how we go about training athletes. my beef mainly is with a lot of these guys out there, a lot of these sports performance coaches out there that are trying to take it to a whole different level and say that this, you know, everything we do in the gym has to go and be sports specific. Yeah. I think, you know, there's a fine line that you have to kind of dance on when it comes to this topic, because obviously, you know, I mean, and if you, if anybody, if anybody is a sports performance coach and they have a Twitter account, they see that this conversation is literally the, the talking point every single day, All day, every day, you know, it, it's when I see, you know, and it's worse in the basketball side of things than any place else. Um, you know, you have, you know, I I've seen videos of Trey young, who is one of the, more like the greatest up and coming guards in the league. And he's doing lateral, lateral jumps onto a Airx pad and then doing a single leg box jump onto at least a 32 inch box, (laughs) how he doesn't break his ankle. And then people wonder why he had so many ankle injuries. Mm -hmm. Like, 
he was plagued all season because of ankle injuries. And they're saying, oh, well, this is sports specific because when he lands, he's never going to land firmly on the ground. Uh, you know, he's always going to encounter. Last I checked, a hardwood floor doesn't move. Dude, there, there's so many components to that. Like, I saw that video and I didn't realize he was jumping onto something at first. I was like, oh, I kind of like that, like, lateral jump into a box, right? Didn't really, I mean, if you can jump that high, I guess great. But then I, like, I actually tapped the video and I saw it come up and I was like, what are we jumping on? Like, why can't we just <laughs> jump laterally, understand how to, you know, change the force's direction and jump up again? You know, nope. reduce and it's, produce. Like, this is, it's, <laughs> these, these it's are not, <laughs> it's not, the eyewash is real. Um, you know, we need to, a lot of these so-called celebrity trainers that are glorified transformation specialists are now training high level athletes and calling themselves strength coaches now. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, it's a constant battle now because it's like, you got guys, you know, I'm, I'm very young in in the industry, obviously. So I, I tend to hold my tongue a little bit. Um, I'm gonna, but, see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to go after that here in a second. I'm going to laugh <laughs> your ass on that one, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, but I, I, I have very strong opinions, especially for, as a former basketball player myself, like, listen, I tell people straight up, I'm like, I was a phenomenal athlete. You know, I played dual sports. Uh, basketball wasn't the only sport I played. I was naturally gifted in terms of my athleticism. Um, because that, you know, but I tell people all the time, like if I had a lot of the resources that I, and the knowledge that I have now as a strength coach, you know, it, it just, the sky would have been the limit in terms of my athleticism back then. But the fact that I see coaches out here saying that, you know, now we have to turn everything that we do in the gym, which is our general physical preparedness. We have to take our GPP and now make everything SPP. Yeah. It's, it's, it just baffles me because I, you know, the, at the end of the day, my opinion is the best thing that's going to help you get more prepared for your sport is playing your sport. It, boom, nailed it. And <laughs> it, it's just ridiculous that you would think that, you know, doing single leg balance drills on a BOSU ball or doing squats on a BOSU ball is going to make you a better, make you jump higher and make you ready for the demands of your sport. Dude, it's, it's not going to happen. No. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's literally what we, I, I, I pitch this to the parents all the time. We're like, uh, if you're looking for sports specific training, I'm not your guy. What I am here for, cause to me, just go play your sport. That would be your sport specific training. You're going to learn to play hockey better. What I'm here to do is to make you a better athlete. However you decide you're going to transfer that and display these things dynamically into whatever sport you want to play is up to you, but I will do my best to make you a, the best athlete I can in here. So that way you are, safer you're able to, to to perform and you have the ability to take all these really basic movements and apply them to whatever sport it is you're trying to challenge because if you're sport specific and you play hockey basketball soccer football baseball wrestling and you're you're trying to do all this at once what sport do you want me to focus on so here we go we're going to teach you to move really well we're going to understand all these things i saw that video and like did Number one, because you're not landing on a – you are on a stable surface. Even in hockey, like, the ice doesn't really move. Obviously, we've got another space between us and our foot and, you know, the body. But, like, even then you really are paying attention to what does it mean to create angles and to produce force through and, and reduce force throughout uh, in these motions, change of direction, absorb, whatever – you know, whatever words people want to use right now. Really what we're trying to do is create the opportunity to safely – 
be explosive and strong during that. And there's so many things in there, but most people, you know, they got them jumping laterally into a thing. You're like, do we even understand what's happening at the foot mechanically that we, why are we getting hurt? Because the foot can't move through these spaces. Like it, it, we haven't, we've been in shoes. We haven't done this stuff. It's a sports to retreat, man. We're, we're pretty much on, on par with that together. Uh, I think, you know, as coaches, we, we view two different topics. We have specificity and overload. Yep. And, you know, we, we have to credit a lot of guys before us in terms of these, these great terms. And, you know, but the body is very in – a, in a way, we're plastic. But replicating movements that are similar to sport and putting a lot of load on these guys too in the process mm-hmm. is not ideal for preparing for it. Like for, you know, for example, like obviously taking hockey into example, you got three periods of action that's taking place of fit. And, you know, for hockey players, this is a very demanding and it's very demanding on our energy system and our body. And, you know, to, you know, to have to go through this and to think of what you need to do in order to prepare for that. You know, there are very few things that we could do in the weight room that are going to replicate these things that we see on the ice and you know perhaps a better way to address the sports specific debate is to ask what sport success looks like to the individual and when certain qualities need to be in place you know just playing the game itself helps so much but what we do in the weight room from a gpp perspective is adding complementary training to what they're doing on the ice or on the field or on the court. I don't think, you know, I think there has to be a healthy relationship between the two. Obviously there are things that we can do as coaches, manipulating loads, manipulating tempos, you know, um, the velocity of movement. Like there are things that we can do to complement things that they do in their sport. But I don't think that, you know, we should be trying to emulate every little thing that they do. Yeah, dude, 100%, 100%. I think you're spot on with this. You know, you say like, oh, sports specific training, go to your player's sport. But it's also tongue in cheek, too. Because it's like, yes, I understand the demands of the sport. That's where we are. We're engineering our training from. But it also looks very similar for a lot of people until we get into this, this space where it's like, okay, you know, hockey players. All right, we probably need a little bit more uh, you know, lateral movement in terms of what's the adductor doing. You know, we need to make sure we're taking care of the feet uh, just as much, if not more than other sports because they're in a fixed boot. You know, there's, there's so many things in there that, um, yeah, obviously you have to take into consideration what the sport is in, in those demands. And that's really how strength conditioning is built. But the reality is like, if you want to get very specific with your sport, you got to go play hockey to get better at hockey. absolutely that's it but and i i tell people all the time especially when i work with these hockey players like listen i watch a lot of the games that you guys play and you know as much as we we in the weight room can help you on the physical aspect of the game we can't help you with the skill stuff like (laughs) i'm sorry listen you're you're a hockey guy brian i'm not so me putting on a pair of skates is I'm definitely not going to be able to help these guys out in terms of getting better <laughs> skill wise. <laughs> so playing your sport is probably going to do a lot better uh, at helping you get better um, and learning from your coaches in that aspect from the skill component. We can help you in other aspects. Obviously we can help get them more powerful. We can help overload them and get them stronger in all planes of motion. But And we could also help them from a motor skill perspective by helping them learn the basic concept of sprinting. Um, yeah, getting, right there. That's what I was looking for right there. 
Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, listen, but then coaches, I tend, I tend to see um, the sports coaches take it too far and then sprinting turns into conditioning. And then that's when, you know, we have problems, but teaching kids basic, um, basic concept of motor skills, like, like sprinting and being, and helping them improve in terms of their ability to produce force in, in a linear fashion like that is going to help them tremendously when it comes to skating. Um, and just having kids understand that from a basic level is definitely what's going to help translate to the stuff on the ice. Like I said, I mean, we have, we have all the power in the world to help you with your physical traits, but at the end of the day, the skill component stuff happens on the ice. Well, and, and dude, you really, I mean, you nailed it with the sprinting thing. That's exactly where I was headed with it. Not necessarily are you going to develop stick handling skill, but you can, as a strength conditioning coach, with all the things that we do, whether it's lifting, it's jumping, it's sprinting, it's, you know, whatever it might be, we are developing coordination and you nailed it with the motor, motor control. So when, when we, can, we can develop and expand this capacity for the brain, the nervous system in general to hold the space to be able to, you know, perform all these things. But the reality is now you've got to go develop that skill and, and we can continue to create that bandwidth throughout with all these different um, um, movement patterns and programming patterns, whatever it might be, demands. But really to utilize that, to transfer that to the ice in this example, you got to go do it. You just have to go do it, um, which is really cool. You know, when you start thinking about that, you're like, oh, sprinting. Yeah, I feel like we're just trying to teach you speed, but the reality is like you may become a better stick handler because of this, because you've got motor control that you didn't have before, just because you develop the you know, motor units and the brain's pattern to fire. So... Yeah, cool. absolutely. I think, you know, uh, there are some discussions out there about this. I know like Bob Alejo and like other guys, like big name guys in the industry have talked about it. And um, I think to an extent, we need to start getting away from the idea of being sport specific and we need to focus more on being athlete appropriate. So we need to, we need to take into consideration what the individual needs are for these athletes and we need to kind of dissect those and we need to prioritize a lot of more of what they need so that way we can prepare them for the sports demands um, rather than trying to focus on oh let me go see if i can you know you do this when you skate so let me try to put like 50 pounds in your hand and let let's emulate that same motion like to an extent we have to stop like looking at it from that perspective and we need to just see like listen like nine times out of ten like you're going to be in this position when you skate we could potentially just overload your quads and get your quads stronger because you're using those as prime movers in your skating pattern like let's try to develop great awareness kinesthetic awareness let's get you moving really well let's get you really mobile and let's get you like let's get you pushing weight in a sense that now then once you translate to the ice, you know, it's going to, you're going to be moving a lot better than you were before, especially from a young perspective. A lot of these athletes are just, they're not very, they don't know how to control themselves in time and space. And they have no, they have no foundation of strength. So just getting a lot of these athletes stronger and a little bit more aware of how to move properly then, then kids start coming to me and after a couple months of training and they're like, dude, I'm moving so much better on the ice. Like, like, what did you do? And I'm like, 
the basics. <laughs> Just got you neurologically, uh, neurologically developed a little bit. Absolutely. Dude, uh, feels like a pretty good play. We're just over an hour, man. This is good. Um, where can, uh, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me. Uh, I'm a little bit more active on Instagram, but I'm also on Twitter. Um, both are at Julian Locasto, J U L I A N L O C A S T O for people that tend to butcher my last name. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, you can find me on both those platforms. Um, I'm pretty active daily. I might miss like a day or two, but pretty active. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me, man. Good deal, man. Um, well, it's been a ton of fun. I'm, I'm glad we connected and, uh, you got a lot of, a lot of knowledge. I know you guys are doing some really good things up there in, in North Jersey. And, um, at some point I'm going to come up there and visit everybody. I got Devin, I got you guys now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Maybe over on the eastern side of the state, but that's okay. We'll figure something out. But absolutely, man. You're you're more than welcome. I appreciate that. Uh last question I ask everybody. Um, when it's all said and done, what will it mean for you to have lived a life well done? For me personally, um, and you know, I, I don't mean to get emotional on this one, but um for me, you know, looking back on my life as an athlete, you know wishing I had somebody like me or like my, like my business partner, Jerry, or, or like yourself, wishing I had somebody like that to impact my athletic career, knowing that I can do that for the next generation of athletes. That's going to mean the, mean the world to me. Like, listen, money, money is, money's great. Obviously we have to make a living, but at the end of the day, um, knowing that I, you know, I can close my eyes at the end, at the end of this life and know that, uh, I helped impact uh, a laundry list of athletes. Um, that's going to mean the world to me. Good deal, man. Well, keep fighting the good fight, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to connect here in person real soon. But I uh, appreciate you taking time to spit some knowledge out, and um, we'll have to do it again sometime. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Cool. Good deal.